knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit Tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. <laughs> From the nation's capital... This is the Fly Fishing Consultant Podcast with your host, Rob Snowett. I don't feel the sun's coming out today. Staying in, it's gonna find another way. Yeah, yeah. As I sit here in this misery, you know, I don't think I'll ever know, Lord, see the sun from here. 2021 sucks. 2021 sucked. It's been a horrible year. It's been really, really bad for me in particular. I could say I've had worst years in my life, but no. 2021 was really, really bad. Started off with a cancer scare. That was mentioned in a podcast earlier this year. So that was the first one. My buddy Derek passed away about a month ago. Um, There was awful things have happened to clients and friends. I had like a five-year-old client who was shot at point blank and his mother too were almost murdered. Uh, My neighbor's niece was murdered with gun violence. And then to round things off towards the end of the year, I had another cancer scare. You may notice my voice sounds different now after having a little bit of surgery in the back there where the sound comes from. Things changed a little bit, so my voice is different. I don't know if you're an audiophile and you notice that, but Jason and I discussed that with the last podcast. So I am lymphoma-free, 
and before I was waiting for my surgery and the results, I decided to spend the end of the year holidays by myself steelhead fishing because I haven't gone anywhere since I went up to Erie in 2019 for steelhead and maybe now I can make Christmas steelhead a tradition. So I booked myself a room at the Tailwater Lodge over Christmas where I could get away and just have peace and quiet, wind down, relax, not think about being stuck at home this year and all the awfulness of medications and surgeries and doctor's visits and bad things in life that happen this calendar year. And you can always read a book, I forget the rabbi's name, but it's called Why Do Bad Things Happen to Good People? And we heard him talk 20 years ago. It's worth checking out. He had a, a child with severe uh, health issues, if you want to look at that. So horrible year, I need to pamper myself. Why am I gonna stay in a fancy lodge? First choice, camping. Our woods are gone, people built houses there. It's gonna be below freezing, so no car camping. Uh, where can I stay where I don't have to cook or do anything or leave? And I decided, where else can I go that's got hot tubs, a pool, a built-in restaurant, private water, hopefully bright lights in my room for tying flies at night, because I like to tie a lot of flies when I'm steelhead fishing. And looking at this place on Google Maps, it looks like you can walk from your room to the river and back if you need a warm up, use the bathroom, let's say you forgot something. And I call the hotel days and days ahead of time in these last couple of weeks leading up and I'm asking them questions like, can I wear cleats in, in the lodge? And they're like, yeah, just not in the restaurant, which is pretty cool. And then uh, no need to drive. If there's snow on my car, I don't have to clean it off each time I wanna drive back and forth. And I can probably just walk to and from the river. So I've been looking at the Google Maps. I fished that stretch of water with Dirty Bill before. Plan on meeting Dirty Bill on Christmas Eve, I believe, to do some fishing before he takes off. That's pretty much it. I have loads of flies and I'm ready to use them to catch these enigmatic migratory rainbow trout. And there is, there is a pure randomness to catching these fish. And I choose my vacations very strangely to go to a cold place to stand still and more or less suffer for a couple of seconds of glory each day. So fishing for Salmon River New York steelhead is like playing a slot machine. Each cast is a pull on the one-armed bandit and how many times do you have to play before the odds are in your favor? It's a lot. I'm gonna be blind casting into a river where I can't see how deep the water is. I have to estimate the water speed, the water temperature, the microcurrents, everything under there. And these are the things that keep your brain busy all day because every cast you have to imagine something is gonna take it. If fish are there, are they hungry? If they are hungry, is your fly something that they're either gonna eat or pick up and move or just get out of the way and bite it because it's bothering them? And you have to present it in a way that they're gonna eat it. And we're fly fishing with thick lines that are manipulated by the currents on the surface as our weight and leaders are being manipulated by microcurrents and seams under the water. How many fish are even in the river right now? Everyone says the numbers are way down across all the Great Lakes. Have these fish already been caught today? Have they been caught before? How many flies, lures, and baits have they seen already today? Is the first fish in the morning something that you caught because it hasn't seen anybody in lots of hours? I don't know. 
Are the fish holding where I am or are they on the move? Is the weather affecting them? Because the weather's crazy up there in the microclimates. And I am prepared with a duffel bag of layers and stuff for the cold. Is it water levels, barometers, temperatures? All these things, all these factors I need to think about while I'm fishing in the cold for steelhead. So let's end my pre-trip talking and let's go north a couple hours. It's going to be a time machine. And let's catch up in Pulaski, New York or Altmar or wherever it is that I'm going to start the next segment. So day one of the trip's been pretty fantastic. I got up at five o'clock and it was an easy drive. Sometimes it takes two to three hours to get out of Virginia to go 10 miles. It took 15 minutes to get into Maryland and it was pitch black for the majority of the ride. It started dumping snow once I got up into New York, which is pretty cool because frankly, I haven't seen snow on the ground in a long time. So I got to see snow for several hours. I got to see big snowflakes. There were actually ruts in the road at some points you had to follow. And I'm really glad that I was able to fix my wiper blade nozzles before I left. So I get to town. The first thing I do is I go shopping at all seasons. I need to get some fly time material. I got a shopping list. And they're pretty much out of everything. So I make a couple of purchases, like three or four things. I get a really nice purple ostrich plume and some little knickknacks. And then I head down towards Pulaski to do some grocery shopping. First, I go to Aldi to get some snacks. I get some chips. I pick up some bread. And then I, and then I stand in line because there's so many people in there because it is because it is a couple of days before Christmas. There's a couple of things they don't have, so I go over to Big Lots. I needed some batteries and some other things. Get some more snacks there, and then I head to my favorite spot down into town. So I pull in, and there's a pile of snow all over the parking lot. So it's the first time I've actually driven in snow, and I'm spinning out. It's been a while. It's cold out. It's blue sky. I want to say it's like 23 degrees. So I suit up, and I'm freezing. And I head down to my spot, which is nice and big and wide. I swing flies through there, and nothing's going on. It's pretty cold. My guides are frozen. I'm using a 9-foot 8-weight with a shooting head, and I go ugly early. Start off with the bacon fly. Swinging intruders through there. I start nymphing, and I'm not getting anything. So I figure I'm going to go all the way upriver into Altmar, go do some fishing, check in, and go check out the amenities at the hotel. So I drive all the way up to the lower fly zone, and I take my nine-foot rod, and I take my backpack, and I head down there, and I fish in a normal spot where we like to fish. It's a beautiful riffle, and I have got tied on some nymphs. Swing some nymphs through, nothing. So then I'm like, all right, I'm going to go and put on my Green Highlander weighted micro hobo. And probably 10 minutes into this trip of fishing in this spot, I hook my first steelhead. And I am the only one around. I've got no one to help me. I'm in knee-deep water, and this fish is no joke. It is running. It is going upriver, downriver. I've got my rod 
bent perpendicular to the water. I'm turning it left and right, trying to figure out how to exhaust this fish before I can get it in and try and land it myself. I eventually get it in, and the closest thing I can do is try and pin it between my gravel guards and take a picture of it with this absolutely beautiful green, yellow, orange, and black fly sticking out of its mouth with this itty-bitty little red size eight Matsuo hook. And as soon as I try and get this fish even corralled, he breaks off my line. I'm not upset. I don't get the picture, but I landed a steelhead for the first time since 2019. And that was Christmas before all of this went down and started. So I'm super excited. I'm complete. From now on, I can just have fun, not be a neurotic steelhead angler, and just chill on the river and swing flies for three or four days, hopefully in the snow, and hopefully with some friends. And speaking of friends, the first guy I bump into when I walk down to this spot is the guy whose scalp got the woolly bugger stuck in it on my 40th birthday, and I told him I couldn't take it out. It was barbed because I was getting queasy, if you remember that. So I packed up after my steelhead and fished a little bit longer, and I headed to the hotel to check in. Turns out it is not going to be short walking. I'm on the second floor. It's a hall to get to the restaurant, and it is a schlep to get to the river. So I check in, and then I go to the river. And this is not my kind of fishing water. This is wide and slow, and there's just a drop-off when you go in. And I swing nymphs. I'm swinging streamers. I'm throwing giant white zonker graboids through this slow water, hoping there's a big, filthy brown just chilling there, and I don't get anything. And then eventually, Dirty Bill just pops up behind me, swing flies for a couple minutes, and then I decide it's cold, that water's lousy, and there's a dude on the other side now fishing into the same slow water I'm trying to pull a brown out of. So I called it a day, and we head off back to the lodge. Pretty boring afternoon into the evening. Sunsets, fishing's done, back at the lodge. Hang with Dirty Bill, tie some flies. Go down to order my dinner. I get myself meatloaf, which is wrapped in bacon. And I get, instead of a side of vegetables, I get a side of mashed potatoes to go with the mashed potatoes that came with my food. So I go upstairs, and I got the TV on, and I'm watching some TV, standing up, eating my awesome dinner. I sit down to digest, watching TV. It's so nice and quiet. I got the place to myself. It's nice and warm and cozy. There's snow everywhere outside, very hygge, and I tie up some fancy-looking hobos with jungle cock eyes on them. Pack up my gear for the morning, so all I got to do is wake up, hopefully not too early, layer up, and head out to the river. Everything's ready to go. I'm going to get a good night's sleep, and I plan on just sleeping quietly with no one bothering me tonight. It's Christmas Eve morning. It's about 8.45. It's 22 degrees outside. The view is quite nice. There's a snow-covered field outside my window, a short bit of some tall grasses, and then some woods, and then there's the river. I can see from here that my car is completely covered in snow from last night. My plan is to drive and find Dirty Bill 
Since he's used to the cold weather, I'm going to let him do some fishing while I get the solo stove going and get some turkey kielbasa going on the grill for breakfast. Maybe get a hot drink going. And then once temperatures get hopefully around freezing and above, I'm going to start fishing. I did find my Stanley's Loon Ice Off paste this morning in my bag, so I will be applying that. And I will be using a two-handed rod because I don't want as much ice. And it was just a lot of work yesterday throwing a nine-foot eight-weight with that big head on it. We tied up some awesome flies last night, and then this morning I just tied up a few more while I was watching Die Hard. I have an all-chartreuse hobo with jungle cock on it. And then at the end of last night, I finished up with some more pheasant tail jigs. We're going to see how the day goes. I'm in no rush to get anything done. I just would like to land something and, and get a, a picture of it to remember. But that fish yesterday was just absolutely stunning. She was a massive, massive fish. I wish I could have shared that with everybody, but hey, that's what fishing is. You don't have to take a picture of everything and land everything. I got it to my feet. It counts. Broke off, lost a fly. I'm cool with that. So we're going to see where today goes. I'm excited. I'm again looking forward to a nice hot meal tonight here in the lodge, maybe watching some movies. Probably go down to the hot tub at some point. There's more walking than I thought there'd be in this building. It's much bigger than I thought. It's super cozy in here, and I've just been enjoying a super duper fantastic, quiet morning by myself. This is great. This is exactly what I needed. So I'm going to go suit up. I am wearing compression leggings right now with socks put up to my knee. I'm then going to pull on my 686 long johns. And then I'm wearing an original Under Armour long sleeve. I'm going to pull over a mock turtleneck of digi camo. And then I think it's the bibs and then maybe another shirt a hoodie a down vest and then waders gloves neck gaiter buff buff hat fingertipless gloves yellow costas so minimal skin exposure today and i'm just gonna go rock it so i will check in with you once the fire gets going it's one o'clock on christmas eve and the river's clearing out right now it was pretty empty when I got here, except for Dirty Bill and maybe one or two on this side and maybe two or three on the other. And it's been a pretty slow day so far. The temperature has finally climbed up towards 32 and the birds have come out, which is kind of interesting. We've had the big juvenile bald eagle and a couple of seagulls flying around, but now we've got little songbirds. So there's a little bit of sound in the air mixed in with the water so i landed a 25 inch rather lethargic steelhead today on a size 10 tungsten head jigged pheasant tail on the fire hole sticks hook so i am very happy with that i don't know if you can hear right now but there's a fire crackling in front of me i have the solo stove tightened going and i already heated up my soup stew while Dirty Bill was here, I just threw the frozen container in the solo stove kettle, put it on top, and it just slowly defrosted. Dirty Bill, I don't think he hooked up to anything today. I went one for two. I hooked one 
and immediately broke off about 15 minutes ago on a Snow White damsel. People have been hooking up all day. A couple of fish have been landed. And as I'm talking, you've got two more dudes. Looks like they're packing up. I will probably be the only person in this entire stretch. Me and the seagull about 30 feet below me eating rotten mud shark that's on the bottom. So speaking of the bottom, there's eggs everywhere. There's chunks of flesh. There's salmon bones. If I were to boil this water, it would basically be salmon infused water. Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. I'm taking a break right now. It's almost 30 degrees. The sun's starting to come out. The birds have come out, so there's some songbirds chirping away. And I'm sitting by my solo stove right now. Got a little bit of charcoal going to keep my hands warm. I already had soup or chicken stew or cocoa Riesling, however you want to call it. It was frozen solid in a container, and I dumped that into my solo stove kettle and put it on there. And while Dirty Bill and I fished, my hot lunch warmed up. It was pretty darn good. So I sat in my chair, ate that, warmed up my toes, and I've just been fishing. This is the afternoon stretch right now. I pretty much have the entire river to myself. There's one, two, three, four people on the other side, and one person on my side as far as I can see downriver. No one is upriver as far as I can see, and it's fantastic. I've been in the shade all day, been a little cold. So it's nice to be able to warm up, have something warm to eat. And I totally forgot to bring water down. So no hot chai latte for me on the river. So that'll definitely be happening tomorrow. If there's this many people out here today, I wonder what it's going to be like tomorrow when we have freezing rain. So hang on tight wherever you are, wherever you're listening. And uh, sit back and you can listen to this crazy adventure of mine as I celebrate the, the night of Jews going to the movies and eating Chinese food. That's about it. So it's four o'clock. I'm in the hot tub. Check this out. Yeah. So the hot tub is really nice after a long day of fishing. I was out there from ooh, nine in the morning until three, 2.45, three. Nothing was going on. So I packed up, came back here to warm up and clean out the stove and the pots and pans and retie some flies so it looks like for me my hot fly might be that size 12 pheasant tail there's a weird echo in here i hope that's not getting picked up so i was just watching a little harry potter and the sorcerer's stone tying up some flies organizing things and, and i put my shooting head on backwards so the knot where it connected to the running line was having trouble going through the guides so I took all the shooting head off and swung it around the other way, and it's good to go. So I'm just going to soak my old bones here. And then the pictures, I was a little horrified by how gross my beard was. So when I got back to the room, as soon as I undressed, I shaved. That's the first time I've shaved since Halloween. So I feel kind of good. We're going to see how cold my face gets in the morning. But 
but I got two hours before I order my burger, so I am just going to relax and enjoy pampering myself because, frankly, this is not my normal lifestyle. It's pretty sweet. It's too bad Dirty Bill's at his girlfriend's. Otherwise, he'd come hang out in the hot tub with me. It's 6 in the morning on Christmas Day. It's super dark outside, and it's absolutely pouring rain. It's about 34 degrees right now, and all you can hear is rain hitting the rooftops outside over some of the hot tub areas. Most of the snow is melted off the roofs, and there's definitely a glaze on everything. So it looks like it's probably going to be pretty icy out there. I can see water just cascading down by the streetlights in the parking lot. So it's going to be dark for another couple of hours. So I'm just going to chill here and wait out a little bit of the rain. It's supposed to let up, but the storm pretty much goes all the way from New York to Indiana and down to West Virginia into Virginia. So it's quite a big Christmas storm. I'd rather it be snowing, but, you know, rain's going to keep more people off. I imagine I'm going to have most of the river to myself. So I have to decide which rain gear am I going to wear today do I go a little more insulated and warm and get a little wet? Or do I go less insulated and dry? But I can wear a total huge pile of clothes underneath. So I got a couple hours to figure that out. Let's just chill here. Maybe go back to sleep. Maybe go find a cup of tea somewhere. We'll see how the day goes. Merry Christmas, everybody. It's nine o'clock. I'm at the lower fly zone. There's, there's one car here, so this is going to be awesome. I don't know if there's going to be anybody to share and rejoice the fun with me down there. It's raining. It's not raining too hard. I've got a lot of layers on, and my decision now is do I wear the kayaking dry top until I get cold in that and then put on my Sitka gear jacket? If I keep opening up zippers on the Sitka, I'm eventually going to get wet on the inside, but it does have the nice hand-warming pocket. So I think I'm going to start now with the hoodie and the latex wrists and see how that goes. I'm going to go get the fire started right now and just have that going. There should be some overhanging trees providing a little bit of dryness, but there's going to be sand, wet sand everywhere. Yesterday it was frozen. I got my chicken stew ready to go. I brought water so I can have some chai latte. I got my flies I tied up last night. So let's get this done. I've got nothing else to do today. I left my chocolate bars back at the room because I knew that was going to get wet. Other than that, I think I've got everything with me. I'm going to use some 1X today. It's a little overcast and cloudy. And we're going to use a San Juan worm as punishment for every fly I lose. So today, if I break off a fish or if I break off a fly in the bottom, I have to use a San Juan worm. It's just something I'm doing today. Why not? about 11 o'clock and the day is going fairly slow i thought it was actually around noon which is why i'm taking a break and heating up my lunch i got here at nine there were two guys on the other side one person over here and that's about it i see three anglers right now the one who was above me is now below me on the other side so what i'm doing now is i've got the solo stove going and yesterday i burnt some of the food at the bottom so I made a double boiler. So I filled up an old pan with river water and got that boiling. And now I've got my solo stove kettle full of chicken stew on top of that. 
and that should be good to go in about 15 minutes or so. I'm gonna go back and start swinging some more flies. I've gone through pheasant tail with no love, Pat's rubber legs with no love, variety of intruders with no love, and I've only broken off one, so one fly lost meant one San Juan. It's less rain right now, it's been pouring all day. It's cold, my hands are super pruney, and my toes are numb. I've got a whole unmolested stretch of river to myself. It's about Nita ways deep out there. As Art would say, a little bit faster than walking speed. And it's a good riffle. I'm standing in the shallows. You can hear the water boiling now. I'm on the solo stove. This thing's pretty cool. No one else here seems to want to warm up their hands. I've asked people. And they're cool. The locals all seem to fish without gloves on, which I really don't understand. I've got a pair of beat up old wool gloves right now. And if I squeeze them, the water's like brown coming out. It's, uh, it's pretty gross up here. But I'm looking forward to that hot tub later, regardless if I land some fish. I'm just going to need to soak my hands. Maybe I'll do that and then I'll go out onto the river for my afternoon session. So I'm going to go wait out. Just keep swinging some flies. See if I can swing up some chrome. Well, it's 4.15. I'm leaving. It is super dark and foggy out here. The sublimation from the snow has just completely inundated the woods and around the river. Plus, it's getting dark and I'm around a bunch of dark trees. So, it is time to get out of here. I'm going to break down camp, get all these ashes out. Or the stove. I'm actually going to just put the stove in the water real quick. And that will put out the flames. So I'm going to roll back and go chill. Hot tub. And I'll catch you all up on everything, including the steelhead that I just lost. It only took all day. That's me in the hot tub. I was a little surprised at how pruney my hands were when I got back and took off my gloves. It was ridiculous. Uh, I stripped down, got everything off, all those layers, laid out clothes to start drying off, turned the room up to about 75, and put on my silk bag, and now I'm down here. You may be able to hear the water coming off the gutters. It's raining, snow's all gone off the roof. The field behind here is all green. Winter is kind of done with. But I'm in this hot tub. Just met a, a nice couple from Ohio and Syracuse. I think I interrupted some snogging when I got here. And then we hung out for a bit and they went out to nap before they head down for a big Christmas dinner, which I'm looking forward to. So summarizing today, every fly imaginable, I tried and nothing was happening. So then I took out the old fly box, the one from... 2018 and 2019 and I put on a very lightweight brass tiny like three 3.5 millimeter bead head pheasant tail non-jig and was swinging that and the swings were just perfect it was like the current had changed maybe where I was standing but I was getting these long good swings and I hooked one and there were two dudes hanging out for the last couple of hours one of them took off, and the other guy just was walking past me. I was like, yo, dude, you mind waiting with that net for a moment? So he hung out, was talking. Fish popped off. 
This was about 3.50 in the afternoon, 3.45. And it's dark and it's raining. And I've been out there since nine. And considering what I've been through this past year health-wise, it's pretty remarkable that I was able to stand out there in this weather and do that for that long. I don't think I could have done it without the solo stove. Hot food, hot drink, warming up my hands, something to do when I'm on shore. It's pretty great. I still can't believe nothing was eaten. The jigs, nothing was even tugging at the intruders. And there may have been a bump or two from other fish. I won't confirm that, but it was good. The people were hooking fish all over uh, in the afternoon. Guys on the other side, definitely. The only thing they're doing different from me is high sticking or using bobbers. And they are all yanking at the end of their drifts where it looks like they're setting the hook a lot. They're definitely using more weight than me. And when these guys get hooked on the bottom, I'm surprised they're not breaking their sticks on every single yank. It horrifies me the way some of these guys treat their rods. Yesterday, dude on the other side set the hook on a rock and hit his buddy and hooked him like in the crotch or something behind him on shore. So I'm gonna sit here for another minute or two and then I'm gonna go up and start drying out and start uh, putting lotion on my hands and face and try to use an emery board to get my hands back in order because they're pretty brutal. Tomorrow it's supposed to be freezing precipitation for most of the day, which is going to be kind of brutal. Do I go back to the same spot? Do I go back at the same time? Do I throw lightweight jig? Do I throw lightweight regular pheasant tails? I don't know. Maybe I come up with something new tonight to throw. Uh, the guys that fish with me, they're like Big fans of the Roosters. I threw those too. Nothing. So that's after fishing summary. I'm beat. I'm tired. My feet hurt. I kind of limped on the way down, but I think I'm doing good now that I've soaked. I wish there was salt in here. So I'm going to go back and dry off and start my routine for the morning. So let's see what Christmas evening has for us. So I'm going to go watch the season finale of season two of Austin Space. Right on. No place I'd rather be. Will this turn off? I don't think I can do this with wet hands. Come on. Uh-oh. It's just about 9 o'clock. I got up a little late today. I slept in till I don't know, 7.30-ish. Now I'm putting on the layers. I'm going to go up to the same spot at the lower fly zone. The water's gone up a couple inches since the rain over the last 24 hours. We were supposed to get snow today, but the Doppler is clear. High of 36, winds up to 10. Dirty Bill thinks that yesterday's barometer may have been the reason why fishing wasn't that good. So things have had time to settle out. I'm going to go down there. I've got some turkey kielbasa. I've got some baguette, and I picked up some mustard packets from the lobby. So I'm going to go get the fire going and get a nice hot breakfast while I sit on shore and think about the first fly I'm going to throw today. I'm pretty excited for a nice long day. Have a smaller dinner than last night when I get back. And uh, yeah, just going to have fun. Go swing some flies, see how my hands do, and uh, we're going to have a good time because it's the end of the year and I got nothing else to do 
and I want to swing up a steelhead. So I'm going to keep layering and I'll talk to you later. It's 9.30. It's not too bad out here right now. Weather-wise, I'd say the river has probably gone down since this morning, definitely since yesterday. It's a little more crowded out here. And of course, first thing I see when I come down the steps is dude hooked up and a guy going towards him with a big net and this dude's got some bright orange hair. And then I realize it is Shane. This kid I used to fish with up here a long time ago when he was my kid's age pretty much. He's all grown up and in school now. So we're gonna sit down and talk in a couple of minutes. Uh, I think he's gonna get his own episode. He's got a lot to say. There's a couple of kids up here already camped out. I think they said they landed a nice big steelhead already. I've got the stove going. There's some hot charcoal. And I've got some turkey ow, kielbasa going. I'm about to flip without burning myself. And some baguette and mustard. So I'm going to warm up and head back into the water in a couple of minutes and see if I can swing up some fish. I broke off a sucker spawn. So I'm going to put on a little rubber-legged blackish blue stonefly from last night. It's noon can't say much is going on around here it's rather slow warming up my hands at the solo stove trying to defrost my toes i've been about thigh deep a little deeper down and i've increased the amount of weight i'm using hasn't made any difference throwing jig lightweight pheasant tails throwing sucker spawn swung a couple of intruders nothing's really going on the guy next to me i'm pretty sure it's the one that we used to call the legend he's hooked one and foul hooked another it's kind of strange how far out in the water he's going considering he's got about a 12 to 13 foot rod and he's kind of older than me so it's a little dangerous he's got a walking stick but still fishing alone out here in that deep water in the cold kind of crazy I don't know if I'm going to have chicken stew for lunch. I think I might just stick with sausage and bread. One of those mustard packets was already open, so I'm out of condiments. So the bread's a little dry out here in the cold with the sausage, but I'm not complaining. I, I might have to do some jumping jacks. It's about 33 degrees, 34. A couple of snow showers came through, but it's just dark and cloudy. And it's a good thing I'm wearing glasses. The, the guy below me did a big roll cast and his split shot came off went about 200 feet upstream and hit me square in the middle of the forehead which was pretty loud no one else heard it i guess because it just reverberated off my skull but that's a first for me i got hit by a split shot just standing in the middle of the river yeah so why aren't why aren't the fish biting is it the overcast skies is it the barometer is the water really cold are they lethargic do my hands smell too much like smoke? When I'm touching the flies, do they smell too much like sausage? Is it because I shaved off my beard and lost my mojo? I don't know. But I'm swinging through all these riffles, drop-offs, behind rocks, oxygenated water, holding water. You got me. I'm going to keep working on this puzzle. I just put on an orange beadhead. 
egg sucking leech. It's the same one I caught my biggest smallmouth off of at four mile run. It's a simple fly. I'm gonna go swing that through the riffles. Yeah. All right, I keep figuring this one out. I don't know. Yeah, I can see the crowds thinned out and then it gets busy again and then it thins out. There's one, two, three, four, five, six people on the other side. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. On this side, 10. All sausage fest. It's all dudes. Everyone's in grays and blacks and olives. And you just see lines getting whipped back and forth. Everyone's kind of lined up like dudes at a urinal. And everyone's spaced out with no one across from them. So it's sort of like even and odd. And my seagull buddy just started diving for salmon again. It's like he's on the same lunch schedule as me. I'm just heating up the sausage now and then I'm going back out. It's five minutes to two. It's cold out here. I just got to first base with the steelhead. I just hooked my first fish of the day on a limish green crystal meth. And that was one hot fish. It took off up and across and I did not get a good enough hook set. It took me into my running line, almost my backing in some pretty fast water. And then it popped off right as I was getting it up on the reel. That was pretty darn exciting. I'm, uh, I'm shaking, except one of the medications I take right now makes my hands shake pretty bad, which is, it's kind of annoying when you're trying to tie on small flies in the dark with sunglasses on. So yeah, already having shaking hands, trying to tie flies at the vise, and now uh, trying to tie them on here. And then you got a massive steelhead that I just popped off. That was bigger than the one I landed with Dirty Bill. And I thought by the time I got back here now, to tell you about getting to first base, the water would have boiled on my little titanium cup to make some chai, but it hasn't. I am waiting on that now. It's 4.30. I'm back at the lodge. It's pretty dark outside. It was kind of hard cleaning up. Couldn't really see all of the stuff I had to pick up off the ground. So after I went to first base on the green crystal meth, I went back out there. And I got to first base again with a smaller steelhead. But this one flipped in the air. And I got to see it. It was dark. It had been in the river for a while. So if you don't know these fish, and you can say they're not steelhead because they don't touch the salt. Well, I go to the zoo in Washington, D.C., and I see African elephants that have never been to Africa, but they're African elephants. And I see lions. We're not calling them domesticated kittens, are we? No. So theoretically, you can call these steelhead just because they don't come into contact with a sodium ion. Anyway. So that fish flips in the air, breaks me off. I get my line back and it turns out that little fish, it's probably 18, 19 inches, snapped the welded loop on my shooting head. So I went back to shore and I cut that off and put a nail knot piece of 40 pound, um, 40 pound amnesia on. And then it took about seven times for me to blood knot the frozen amnesia to 30 pound hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt 
Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Uh, butt section on my leader. And as I was doing that, I'm taking sips of my hot chai. It's like having a crock pot out there all day with the solo stove, just warm coals in it. And I could sip, put it down, sip, put it down, whatever. Um, I also found that I brought with me the smoked Gouda cheese dip extra cup I got last night with my dinner for the pretzels. And I made a grilled cheese out of that. So sausage would have been awesome with that cheese dip on it in a sandwich, but I didn't have it at the time that I knew of. Uh, went back out there and I went zero for four on four more steelhead. Two of them were freaking enormous. One of them just went downstream towards Shane. Shane's crew cleaned up today. They did awesome. Fritz landed a small one, that, according to him, the legend Fritz. And uh, he remembered my group. He remembered Rebecca from years ago. And I got some pictures of his fish, a bright chrome, fresh from the river. Oh, I forgot to mention that. I mean, Fritz got a bright chrome steelhead. So if they're fresh from the lake, they're more silvery to blend in with the lake. If they've been in the river longer, they change colors, their chromatophores, to blend in more. And it started getting darker and colder, and it was clearing out to the point where I was the last person. Now, two of those fish that I hooked were in the same slot that deep part in the riffles on the other side where dudes have been standing all day. Uh, I got two in that hole and then the guy above me on the other side decided to walk right in and stand right there. But I got two in probably three or four minutes. It was a fantastic time. That's one of the greatest short adrenaline rushes you can have in fishing right there. I mean, I've hooked one tarpon, I've hooked one bonefish through them both. Would have been nice to have landed one of those in Florida 20 years ago, but that didn't happen. 21 years ago. 22? 22 years ago. And then uh, maybe tomorrow we're going to see. I'm going to have a small dinner, a hot shower. I'm going to pack everything up, get breakfast here tomorrow, load the car, check out 8.30ish, fish probably till 1 or 2, and there's no rush to go home. I figure if I get tired on the way home, I can just pull over, climb in my silk bag, and get a nap on top of the duffel bag in the back. Works for me. All I have to do is feed some fish and water some plants when I get home. The house is empty. Everyone's in Ohio. So that's it for the evening. Unless something happens, I'm signing off for the 26th bank day of 2021. It's been a pretty lousy year. Let's try and just end this with as much fun as possible. My hands are absolutely shaking right now. It's a good thing it doesn't record shakes on the phone. I'm showered. I'm relaxed. Warmed up. Let's go over the gear list, packing items that I brought with me in case you were inquiring what somebody might need to bring or might not need to bring up here. So the rod I'm fishing the most is my 11-foot, 8-weight Orvis Original Helios. It's got an extended switch grip and a fighting butt. I also brought with me a Deer Creek 11-foot, 6-weight TFO and a couple of 10-foot eight-weight Orvis accesses and one nine-foot eight-weight Orvis recon. 
which is the rod I caught landed my first fish on. That one has a really old bat and kill large arbor reel with an Orvis bank shot line. The reel I'm using on my main switch rod is my Hatch 7 Plus. It's fantastic. I actually had to crank it down today when that third fish started running. There was no chance I was getting that thing back. And I had to really crank down. And man, that fish was, that was a beast. The other reels I brought at Orvis, old, super big, large arbor. That has a 450 Skagit head on it. Mine right now has a 400 Skagit head, 22 feet long. And the running line for that is the running line from a beat up Scientific Anglers sinking line that lasted maybe one season with clients and it just fell apart. So that's what I've been using mainly. At the end of the Skagit head, now I have a short piece of 40 pound amnesia and that is tied to a short piece of 30 pound and then that is tied to a, another short piece of 20 pound Berkeley Vanish with a size 10 or 12 swivel. Split shot goes on the 20 pound and then tippet material is either 1X or 2X Orvis Mirage. I also have some Rio tippet material in fluorocarbon that I haven't used yet. Split shot range from BBs, 3Os to I don't know, number sevens maybe. And I keep those in a Mentos mint container, little metal thing. Fly boxes, I'm using just Plano box for my intruders. And then I've got some risen fly boxes and a metal project healing waters. And then just little Ziploc baggies that, this one is actually from 100 hooks. So that means somewhere I spilled 100 hooks in my tying kit. And then this one is round rubber legs baggie, and that's got San Juan worms. Whatever I tie, always when I'm up here, I just put in baggies, and those just go in my pockets. Swivels are in an old Orvis no rust fly box. I think we got these at the major casting call we did with tents about 10 plus years ago at Fletcher's. Sunglasses, wearing Costa yellows today. They're still a little dark for up here. I might have to get a brighter pair or a less darker pair of yellow sunglasses. Uh, my hats, I'm wearing my buff beanie and I'm wearing my Miyong hat, which is what I wore today. The gloves are in my little red stuff sack, see to summit. I'm using a pair of probably Woolrich fingertipless gloves that were a gift. And I'm wearing my Patagonia really old fingertipless windstopper gloves that have just fire holes and ashes and burns and i mean these things are beat up and old and they're still going my jacket i'm wearing my i think it's called the hudson it is by sitka gear it's gore-tex with a prima loft chest insulation it's camo and it just has a lot of pockets on it big foldable pockets up front that i can put two to three fly boxes in the chest pockets on the outside is what I have tippet and extra flies, my phone, and also split shot and other little random things. It's got a nice hood I can pull up. It's just a well thought out, well designed jacket. It's awesome. It's more than just a shell and it's less than having a gigantic heavy parka on. What is next? probably tell you what I wear underneath that. 
So base layer, my top is Under Armour, some kind of long sleeve t-shirt, three quarter zip. Base layer is gonna be next to skin and then my 686 and then I pull the fleece bibs over all of that. That's because it's at or just above freezing. If it was lower, I would probably put on my nano puff pants and an extra layer on top. So then I put on a down vest, I put on a hoodie, then I put on the down vest and then I pull the bibs up over. You don't wanna have any top layers underneath your bibs because then when you have to take everything off to go to the bathroom, you gotta take off sweatshirts, hoodies, sweaters, vests, whatever. So the bibs go over everything and then on top of that, I have my jacket and I also have a neck gaiter plus a buff. The buff I can pull up over my face and nose, cheeks, back of my head, cover it, whatever. And the neck gaiter is just there to keep my neck warm. And it's so much more comfortable having shaved that beard off. It's not just scratchy and gross up in my face. My lanyard has got all my tools on it. I've dumbed it down for up here. It just has a uh, Dermatone lip balm, nippers, and my Orvis hemostat with scissors and clamp. I took off my Amadou and my fly floating paste. I do not keep a magnet on that any longer. My backpack that I'm carrying all my gear in is a $3 backpack from the thrift store. It needs to be replaced. I had to sew it big hole in it the other day. If I hadn't sewn that hole when my split shot spilled, it all would have gone out. So luckily I sewed it and I used uh, 12 aught nano silk from Semperfly as my thread. I'm using a waiter belt that I got at a military surplus store, nothing fancy. It's got really cheap pliers on it. My waiters are the new Orvis ones and I'm super thrilled with them. They're probably the best Orvis waiters they've ever made. They finally got the shoulder straps right on the pro guides. Uh, I like the hand pockets up front. I like that they put knee pads in them because I'm kneeling down on the beach a lot, tending to the fire and swapping out flies and things. Uh, when you put them on, the booties, automatically I can just tighten my boots and put them on. I don't have to walk up and down the hallways here until everything kind of fills in the boots and the neoprene settles. I can just slide my neoprenes in and click them tighten my boots. I'm wearing Corker's Devil Canyons with the gigantic spikes on the bottom. Each night when I get back, I tighten the spikes because they will come loose. So make sure you use pliers and tighten them. If you are out fishing and you see somebody's spikes that came off, keep them. They're yours now. If one of yours somehow falls out because you did not tighten them, you can always put a new one back in. And my socks are just generic. I think I got them at Ross. I miss my Orvis three pack of Merino wool waiter socks. I think I got my last pair at like Badger Creek Fly Shop. I just haven't found a good deal on three pairs of Merino wool socks. The cooking equipment, of course I have my solo stove Titan. If I had a group of people out here, I would want the campfire because the small one's just not enough. And then I have the kettle for that. I've been using an old Eastern Mountain Sports pan as the double boiler. My pliers are hemostats just to take things on and off. I got a small six inch wide gr uh, grate on Amazon to put on top. And that's what I've been cooking some of the things on. I use a uh, Snow Peak titanium cup and I use a Snow Peak titanium spork. I'm using a just big box door blowtorch to get it started. And I'm using Nalgene 32 ounce to keep water for drinking. I don't like to drink cold things out there. It brings my temp down. And that's it for cooking. I'm going to check back with you with tying materials in a bit. 
The only thing I'm tying up tonight are some of those Daiichi size 12 pheasant tails. I like the look of them today. That's it. I'm not going to tie anything else. I got enough flies. Now I'm going to start packing up and head down and order a burger with either avocado and bacon. I'm going to find out what tonight's soup is because their soup game is on. I'll check back in with you later. All right, it's 6.30, tying a couple of pheasant tails. Let's go over what's in the tying kit. So I have flat diamond braid, every color imaginable. These are all in single gallon Ziploc bags in a small storage tub that you probably wash a baby in. It's about a baby bathtub. So first, we've got that material. If you want to know what all these materials are used for, there's other podcasts about that. Um, I have got regular diamond braid for crystal meth, every color imaginable. Random bag of Korean scrub yarn colors. A whole bag of Northern Lights flash material from Fly Tires Dungeon. Bag of a variety of variegated chenilles. A whole bag of random colors of pearl cord braid. A whole bag of variety colors of marabou. Whole bag variety colors of ultra chenille or vernil, San Juan worms. I've got my bacon fly tying kit. An entire bag full of every color of glow bug yarn. A random bag of chenilles and yarns and things that have just accumulated over the years for fishing up here. A random bag here of varieties of dubbing. Saddle hackles and schlappen. Crystal flash chenille and UV polar chenille and crystal flash chenille, variety of colors. McFly foam. A bag of zonkers and crosscut rabbit. A bag of rubber legs. Whole bag of flash. Bag of hooks, variety of streamers and nymphs. And then I have a nymph stonefly. This is basically for tying pheasant tails, HNICs, Copper John, Jumbo John esque flies. Uh, it's got everything from squirrel tails to uh, goose biots, a brand new grizzly hen hackle. I've got a pile of ostrich plumes here. And then I've got my. Steelhead materials of shanks, pins, hooks in a little plastic container. I've got my favorite Scotty uh, baby wipe container full of beads. That also has fire wire and bead chain. I have my prep station here for tying up. Well, I'm using it now for pheasant tails, for damsels. I've got a little light, my regal vice. I have a box of fill your own dubbings so i have a variety of ice dubs in there i have a variety of beads and cones in spools i have vinyl rib copper wire extra black thread and then my tools i've got black thread chartreuse thread pink thread white thread clear thread in six aughts and 210 denier i've got a variety of scissors i have solar res bone dry, but I don't have a UV light. I've got some uni mylar in peacock. That's about it. There's a soft hackle here. I've got two right bobbins with six aught black, six aught red. I wish they made hot pink in six aught uni. That's pretty much what I brought in this kit for tying materials 
and I really didn't find what I was looking for up here with regards to tying materials. Most of the shops were either picked bare or just did not have what I wanted. So I'm going to either have to search online or go to more fly shops or call a fly shop and have a custom order done because there are things that I need that I'm having trouble finding. So that's it. I'm going to go downstairs and get something to eat and then come back up and watch some kind of stupid movie and tie three more pheasant tails before I go to bed. Everything's pretty much packed up. Yeah, it's not bad. Not bad for one heck of a long day. Good morning. It's about 7.45 on the last day of the trip. It's about 20, 22 degrees outside. I'm not looking forward to that. I am all packed up. I'm going to house three breakfast sandwiches, not because I'm hungry, but because I need the fuel in me to stay warm. We all remember from the early podcast that the way you fuel your body and produce body heat is by eating and the breakdown of glucose. So I'm going to eat more than I want to or need to just for the fuel. I'm going to go meet Dirty Bill and fish for a couple hours. I'm going to bring the stove down to make some hot drinks. Nothing to eat because I'm going to eat now, which will lighten my load. And then I'm going to take off around 12 or 1. There's supposed to be ice and snow the entire way back, which is not going to be enjoyable. And at some point, I'm going to have to pull over because I'm going to be dressed for standing in cold water in 20 degrees and I don't want to undress up here and my car's not going to get hot until I'm halfway to Alaska. So yeah, it's going to be a fun morning. We're going to see how I do. I'm looking forward to getting home and watering my plants and feeding my kids fish, sleeping in my own bed. It is 1130 and it's 24 degrees and it just feels much, much colder. I am by the raging micro fire pit right now, warming myself up. About 20 minutes ago, I'm looking at a bald eagle flying over and I hook up to a fish. It was a big one. He flopped around and broke me off. So I got to first base. That was on a pink bloods dot or a three loop pink lady, whichever one you want to call it. And then start switching up to crystal meth and I hooked and landed one. Dirty Bill got the pictures. Of course, the fish flopped when we got the picture of it, so you can't really see it, but it was a chartreuse crystal meth. So if I got to first base a couple times yesterday, once this morning, I just got to home plate. So I'm going to warm up again for a couple more minutes, and then I'm going to head back out. The kid across from us, there's a dad fishing at first. I thought it was a guide with a really young couple, like from Airplane, the two kids in suits conversing but it turns out it's their dad she fell in uh, dried off kids are pretty tough they're still fishing and then the little dude hooked his first steelhead didn't really know what to do and broke it off so they're fishing across from us and of course my seagull buddy's back Uh, so i'm just going to chill here in the warmth and then head back out and uh, i'm pretty darn cold right now i'm i'm chilled to the core i could probably use Maybe an extra layer on top. An electric vest would be key right now. That would be very nice. So that's a wrap. I had a fantastic time up in Altmar, New York. I actually did not leave town once I got there, which was very nice. Everything I wanted to accomplish on this trip, I was able to do. 
I gotta stay in a very nice hotel and relax and get a good night's sleep several nights in a row. I didn't have to cook any of my meals, really dinner was done at the lodge each night, so I either had burgers or meatloaf and Gatorade and just chilled and relaxed. I was able to soak in a hot tub after standing in pouring rain on Christmas in a really cold river. That was fantastic. I was able to fish new patterns in different colors of patterns and other flies that I've been working on. And of course, you can find all of those on my Etsy site, Fly Fishing Consultant. A lot of the flies I tied up and did not use for this trip are gonna go up on Etsy themselves. I didn't get as many fish pics as I wanted to. I like to look back at pictures and as many pictures as possible to help remember the moment because once I hook into a steelhead and get it landed and take pictures and all that, that time flew by and it was an adrenaline rush and I don't have anything other than an instant replay and photos to help me remember. I was finally able to try out my little solo stove on shore, something I've been wanting to do for a long time, but really just haven't been able to take up to a really cold spot and give it a try. Got a new hat from Dirty Bill, so I've been wearing that around. It's pretty cozy, I wore it on the whole way home. And I try not to be too methodical or neurotic in my fly choices in rotating the flies. It was pretty much pheasant tails, sucker spawns, crystal meth, San Juan worms, intruders, a woolly bugger, maybe a couple of other random things, but that was it. Didn't throw any Jumbo Johns or anything too crazy, anything out of the ordinary. And I was just able to relax, find peace of mind, listen to the water, and stare out at snow-covered trees. I was able to celebrate a kid hooking his first steelhead. I was able to feel several fish on the end of my line, and I think if I had switched out from that one and two X earlier than the last morning to 10 pound Berkeley Vanish, I would have caught more fish but that's me being neurotic, and I don't wanna be neurotic. I was able to catch fish on flies that I tied myself, and this is how I wanted to go out and end a horrible year. So my plan was to leave town and head straight to Taco Bell to celebrate the awesomeness of my trip in what could not have been a more horrible year. And then what's the one thing I see on my drive out of town? A swastika on display. That's how you ruin a trip. I've didn't want to end the podcast this way, but my six and a half hour drive home was pretty much ruined. I was steaming angry steam out of my ears for six and a half hours, and I'm still pissed. I've had plenty of anti-Semitic things, incidents in my life, shot at, projectiles thrown at me, verbal abuse, uh, graffiti. Never in my life have I ever seen a swastika on display. And the thought was, wait till dark and kick that window in and, and smash it. But you know, I think the uh, broken glass at night might be lost on this person. So despite all of that, yeah, my trip kind of sucked, but I've got some pictures and a hat and memories and some videos and this podcast to remind me that through all the awfulness that we go through in life on a daily basis, especially in 2021, there's still awesomeness out there, folks. So let's end 2021 however you want it. I'm gonna smoke meatballs on my Traeger and go to bed at like nine o'clock at night and wake up, get a new fishing license for the year and start 2022 off. I think it's the 13th year of the podcast coming up, 14th year, I don't know, but we're gonna have some fun and we're gonna try and wipe this one off the books. Thanks for listening to my end of year trip. 
Hopefully I didn't ruin it at the end for you as that other person did. Let's see what 2022 holds in store for me. It's got to get better. Let's do this, everybody. Thanks for downloading the podcast. Thanks to everyone that listened to the podcast in 2021. And thanks to all my customers who lent me an ear and shoulder throughout the year while we fished. Thanks so much. I'm signing off for this year. Take care. Thank you for joining us for the Fly Fishing Consultant Podcast. For more information or to contact Rob, please go to www.robsnowwhite.com. Podcast is brought to you by Freestone Productions at freestoneproductions.com. Brave anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Abyss Battery, Waypoint TV. On Mondays, head offshore with Captain Scott Walker and Steve Roger for breathtaking deep sea adventures. Coming to me, coming to me, coming to me. Double. He's jumping, he's jumping, he's jumping. Oh! oh. Look at Ooh. that belly. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue. Brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern. Tell a few fish stories along the way. On Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. A life that has the stories to back it. A life to be proud of. It's a Winchester life. Yeah, baby. 6-8 Western. Oh, I'm old there, baby. Right there. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.